the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and talk910.com. Most radio shows start at the top of the hour with news. So I do the same thing. Only thing is, I'm going to give you my honest read on the news and not the PR spin. Three reports of interest to Wall Street today shedding light on the economy. Fox News Radio's Chris Barnes has the details in Washington. The government says new unemployment claims dipped slightly last week, an encouraging sign that has many economists expecting Friday's March employment report to show a jobs gain for a change. Another report reflects continued weakness in the building sector, though, as the Commerce Department says total March construction spending fell by more than expected to its lowest level in eight years. But the manufacturing sector remains strong. The Institute for Supply Management says it expanded in March at its strongest pace since July of 2004. In Washington, Chris Barr. Fox News Radio. A lot of the economic data coming out right now is kind of what I would refer to as potholes on the road to recovery. It's okay. And we're going to have some dips here and there. And you're going to panic and you're going to, you know, poop your pants and you're going to say, I don't want to ride this out anymore. I'm cashing in. I think the numbers are looking more encouraging than discouraging. I'll let you know if I change my mind on that. Elsewhere, a Mexican drug cartel gunmen decide to wage an assault on two army bases. But ended up losing 18 of their own members. Fox Radio's James Bleers has the details. Cartel gunmen attempted blockades of military bases in the border cities of Reynosa and Matamoros. Well-trained Mexican army troops fought back, killing 18 of them, arresting seven, while the rest fled. Cartels routinely target soldiers on patrol, but Tuesday's frontal assault seemed to have been an escalation of the ongoing drug war that killed almost 3,000 people last year. Meanwhile, in Michoacan, President Felipe Calderon's home state, the heads of four men were left by the statue of former President Lazaro Cardenas. In Mexico, James Blears, Fox News Radio. What the hell's going on in Mexico? They got drug cartels attacking the Mexican army? They got drug cartels cutting off the heads of four people and leaving them out in, in public view. I, I don't want to mess with that stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but that's tough living. Once again, don't you suddenly feel good about living in San Francisco in the Bay Area? Being married to your little sugar booger and life's good? And yeah, you bitch and you moan and you groan about eh, unemployment at 10%. But aren't you glad you weren't born in the middle of Mexico? Seriously. Seriously, on, on occasion... Be thankful for what you have. Now, just what the hell is this guy smoking? Pop star Sting. He's calling on America to legalize marijuana. Fox Radio's Alistair Wanklin has the straight dope on the story. The musician argues money spent fighting drugs could be spent better fighting poverty and pollution. In an internet essay, Sting says the war on drugs has failed and has only fueled violent crime. Rather than lock up dealers, he says America should legalize narcotics. But world drug agencies report general success. Official figures show drug use in America has fallen by more than a third in 20 years. In London, Alistair Wanklin, Fox News Radio. <laughs> and Sting's releasing a song called Every Puff You Take. No, that's not going to happen. But again, uh, 
I don't know where I land on this. You know, uh, we were just talking about Brooklyn open up and Econoland, and they're going to have the Dow Jones roller coaster that crashes on occasion. But wouldn't it be fun to have LSD land where you can go somewhere and do controlled substances and, and like like see the scariest uh, theme park of your life and the happiest and the it, it would be intriguing, right? It would be intriguing. There's one time, no, 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 two times in my life that I did a mind altering drug. That I mean, the hardcore one. And it was probably the most coolest two nights of my life. Um, I don't know. I don't know where I land on this. Now, again, I'm able to control myself and not get addicted. Some people can't. So I don't know where if we should legalize, you know, marijuana and is it a gateway drug into something harder and how many lives do you ruin or not ruin. But uh, I'll tell you what, states and countries right now, they're feeling the hurt. They're feeling the hurt. And I bet you California legalizes marijuana sooner rather than later. And finally, a pair of Martinville's Indiana police officers, they've been suspended. Now, you're going to say, what? Did they steal drugs? No, 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 no. They tasered. Did they taser an innocent person? Even better than that. They tasered a 10-year-old boy at a daycare center. The officers were called to Tinder Teddy's daycare, which I hear is a menace to society. It's in Martinsville because the boy was out of control and attempting to harm the children and employees around him. It was up to this woman. The officers would be stripped of their badges. I've been tased. I know what it feels like. My brother had one. He just used to tase us just all the time just for fun. And it hurts. It hurts really bad. It knocks you down. I don't know. I just love the story about a 10-year-old boy being tasered. I'm not pro-tasering 10-year-old boys, but I could be if it was a Fox television show. I could be. There's no doubt about it. I got some extra bonus news, and this is, this is just showing you where the hell we are in America. President Obama, the target of what some call racist signs, posted outside a now-closed coffee shop in Sacramento. Not a third-world country, mind you, but Sacramento, which is close to a third-world country. The posters are attracting plenty of stares and criticism from locals. One of the signs calls the president's niggardly. A word that means I believe firmly 100% that it's meant as a racial statement. I think it should be removed, if not by the people that own the business, or it should be removed by somebody. It needs to be gone. A sign that says niggardly in reference to the president. Sacramento is a third world country. I'm sorry, but it is a third world country. I don't care where you live in the United States, but you got to have some respect for you know, we've been through a lot in this country, both Republicans and Democrats. It's the greatest country in the world. We're not living in Mexico where they're cutting off people's heads and the, the cartels are attacking the Mexican army. Come on, show some respect, people. And finally, from the, the files of, yes, this is the America we live in, before drivers ever make it to the roads of Georgia, they need to be able to take driver's exams in English. Are you kidding me? At the DMV, this is the word from Georgia state senators who say by a 39 to 11 vote passed legislation requiring those seeking driver licenses do so in English only. You know where the signs are. They're above the highways that we travel on. And if you see a sign that says road out or crash up ahead or some warning, you need to be able to read that sign. Now, this is great in the... Backward state of Georgia is a wonderful idea. Could you imagine the state of California where we obviously have a lot more Spanish-speaking uh, citizens, but also, like, for instance, I was talking to an elementary school principal. 30 languages. 30 languages are taught at his school. Not taught, but spoken at his school. And that's one of the reasons California state's uh, public schools are struggling so hard because teachers can't keep up with all the languages. But for Georgia to say that you got to speak English to get a, uh, uh, a driving license... I don't know. There's something 
bigoted about that. There's something backwards about it. There's something wrong about it. And again, does it make common sense that she should be able to read the science? Hell yeah, it does. But doesn't it seem a little bit backwards to uh, try to clearly push across your bigoted views through a DMV law? I, I feel just that's just wrong. You get your calls in the air if you want to comment on any of the news stories, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Probably the best story of the day. It has to go back to the Federal Reserve member, Janet Yellen. She's asked local banks in San Francisco to give back campaigns. So you're going to hear about it today and tomorrow. Banks getting a bailout, why not you, is what Janet Yellen, this Federal Reserve member, is calling it. Where you get to use your ATM today at your home bank you're going to be given $20 credit to your account or $20 cash on top of the transaction, but it has to be your ATM at your local bank. Pretty good story. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk coming up. More business news and investment ideas. It's Rob Black Show. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. content today, so either I need to speak slower, or you need to call in more. 800-345-5639. Heidi and I had a fight on air a week ago about this song, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that he says money, 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 and she goes, no, no. And it's the last thing that he says. It's the last line of the song. It's uh, it's good bumper stuff. So we use things around here, and we refer to it as good bumper stuff. So, um... We've talked a lot about the iPad today. We have. I own shares of Apple, and maybe you're saying you're just trying to promote your own business. And there may be true on that, and there may be some truth on that. But also, I, I just think we're every now and then we're, we're we're opening up a new door. And Microsoft had a tablet computer out, I think, in 2002, and Apple had one out back in the 90s called the Newton. That ahead of its time, both products ahead of their time, we just weren't there with the technology to support. What was a great concept of having a little notebook? Um, there's a story on our, our blog page today, talk910.com, where a university, Seton Hall, is going to give all students an iPad. And to me, get on the bus or get off the bus, if you know what I'm saying. Um, and I, I, I think that's the right idea. I think digital textbooks are going to be the right idea. I think interactive textbooks are going to be the right idea. I saw that some professors are a little bit concerned about that. A lot of professors get a book. That they're going to teach for science this quarter. And like, for instance, in Georgia, they rip out the part on evolution. And that's okay. Some books are approved to be kind of like building blocks for teachers so that you can take out chapters and insert chapters. Or if something's been updated, like we've now learned that teeth are a sign of intelligence. And if you have 32 of them, you're more intelligent than people that have four um, that could be added to the textbook per se. Um, I think you get where I'm going with that. So anyway, um, I like the idea of of evolving with the iPad. And again, I think it's a I think it's a killer product. I think it's going to work. Now, the problem is it may not work for me. I'm a guy above 35. I don't really want to tote around anything more. I don't really want to learn anything more. But people under the age of 35, they do. They don't mind toting around gadgets. 
So my financial advice is don't buy one if you haven't maxed out your 401k or your IRA. You have no business owning another $500, $600 gadget. Let's go to Eric in Santa Rosa. Eric. Good morning. Good morning, Eric. Thanks for taking the call. Sure. Just had a quick comment on the the, uh, Georgia language issue. Yes, and let me repeat for those who are just joining us. Um, The state senate in Georgia has passed a law that basically says you have to have an understanding of the English language in order to get a driver's license at the DMV. And and my comment is basically to be a U.S. citizen, you have to be able to read and write English. And here in California, we have election ballots that are in thousands of different languages uh, to vote. You got to be able to be a citizen. So it sort of leads down the path that you got to know English and driving in the at least in the state of California is considered a privilege, not a right. So that to me is another step down that path. It's sort of like you got to know English to be in the here, and you got to be able to speak and read and write English to drive. There's a lot of people in the United States who can't speak English who are functional and have a right to be here, don't you think? Uh, well, and I'm using the word I'm using the word right very very selectively. The the ability to function in a society yeah. uh, is is sort of a you know it's a perception thing. But I guarantee you, if uh, you go to any other country in the world, they're not as easily. Uh, persuaded that they need to bend over backwards to have a, a visitor come in and uh, work their way around. And I think that's a general statement, because I think a lot of people, for instance, think that the French aren't very pro-American. And yet, when I go to France, all I say is, I don't speak French. I say, je parle non français, tu parles anglais, and they love me. I make the most ridiculous attempt to communicate with them, and they love me. I, I, I'm I'm not saying that people, even in the United States, are not uh, you know adaptive. I'm just saying uh, the fact is, unless you can read or write, uh, you can't be a citizen. So, so retarded people wanna... can't be. So retarded people in the United States can't be citizens. People who've been in car accidents who can't read or write can't be citizens. Where do you draw the line? Well, you draw the line at functionality. And at what point in time? So the Statue of Liberty says functionality on it. We'll take your you're tired, you're weak, you're poor, and you're functional. No, but the law also says that the laws on the books right now. If you want to be a citizen, you got to read and write English. Correct or incorrect? I don't know if that's true. It is true. Believe me. I think you have to have the basic ability to answer questions in English and and speak basics. But I don't think you have to have a requirement that you are are functionally literate. And and I will. You do, and on top of that, when my grandparents immigrated to the United States, uh, they weren't allowed to do it, and they weren't what you might refer to as functional. Uh, you know, their English wasn't functional, but they did meet a minimum standard, and they they were and ended up being very good citizens. All I'm saying is it's not – we can't be putting street signs up in 17 different languages. Agreed. Okay. But so can, cannot street signs be universal in their understanding? Like everyone knows an octagon red is stop. Uh-huh. 
And if uh, you wanted to know where, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, El Camino, okay, okay. Uh, merge to El Camino. You, you got to be functional. And unless you're going to be putting all of the street signs in 17 different languages, you got to be functional in English to get through that. And I'm not saying they have to know the Webster Dictionary inside and out, but they do need to show some level of proficiency in the language that they're dealing in. You know, there's a merge sign which shows an arrow merging into another arrow, another uh-huh. lane. I, I, I just, I think you and I are just going to disagree. And I don't know. Um, to me, it's, 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 it's borderline. Where do you draw the line? And like I said, you said you have to be able to speak English. And I say, how about retarded people? Um, how about eight, how about short people? Should short people not be able to drive because cars are made for people who are five foot seven? Should should they not be allowed to drive, or should they have to drive clown cars that, that are more functional for their body size? Uh, again, we get back to or fat drive. people. Fat drive people shouldn't drive because their guts hanging over the wheel. They can't drive. No, we get back to the concept that driving is considered a privilege, a privilege that has to be demonstrated and earned. Okay, so if you can demonstrate that you can drive a car, you can get a license. If you can, if you can demonstrate that you can perform all the functions that a car that you need to in a car to safely manage it on the roadway, you can get a driver's license. Mm-hmm. You should be able. There, there should be a proficiency in understanding. Uh, I mean, when you go to take your driver's test. You got to know what the yield sign is, as you said it. You got to know what the stop sign is. You got to be able to. You go down to Mexico. There's two or three different words, but it's still the red stop sign. But the fact is, and yet I can I can drive in Mexico, and I can't speak a bit of Mexican. <laughs> you, well, that's all right. Their English is better than our Spanish. But the the fact is, but how's their Mexican? <laughs> Thanks for the call, Eric. I appreciate the effort. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls in there. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine. And to be a U.S. citizen, you could actually marry in and and know no English. So I don't know. To me, it just the Georgia law. It, it stinks of the South. It stinks of the South. So almost every sign that we can come up with, there's there's visual elements as well. So I I don't know if I agree. I think to me that just seems uh, borderline bigotry. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Keep in mind, you still see a lot of uh, flags in the South that are more than offensive to more than enough people on this planet. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's the Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Listening to the Rob Black Show on 9:10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Call Rob now at 1-800-345-5639. So actually, I looked it up, Eric, and you don't actually have to be able to speak English to be an American citizen, but you do have to pass a test where you have to get six correct out of ten, and yeah, it's written in English, but you could practice that, and, and they give you 100 questions as practice, and you could actually learn it. Just from visualization. So no, you don't actually have to speak English. It's nowhere in there. It You cannot have been committed or convicted of one or more crimes involving moral turpitude. I don't even know what turpitude is. So I guess I can't be an American citizen. You ha- cannot be involved in prostitution or commercialized vice. That rules me out. <laughs> you can't have earned your income from illegal gambling. 
committed and been convicted of two or more gambling offenses, been confined to a penal institution during a statutory period. There's a lot of dumb things on here. You can't be a habitual drunkard. What the hell is that? Like, do you really think that that's applicable in this day and age? Or was this written many, 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 many years ago? I don't know. So that's all I got for you. Um, so again, all you need to do is ordinary usage. So, and not be good at it. Now, nah, I don't want to reset the topic. Let's go to Mike in Concord. Mike, how are you? Thank you for having me on, Rob. Sure. Uh, I just had a little statement. Um, I know a lot of immigrants, and they tend to do what any U.S. citizen can do is they'll get a whole bunch of tests, even though they can barely speak English, and go over them, and then they will uh, uh, kind of memorize kind of how long the words are or yeah. keywords that connect it. Sure. So they're not really understanding the test. But they're able to pass the tests. Okay. Um, and and that that seems to be kind of a flaw, but it's it's open to anybody, any American citizen. Like let's say you can't read or write, you know, but you can speak English well. Well, maybe they can pass the test the same way. And um, you know, how do you how can we filter this out? You know, if that's a question for citizenship or obtaining a license or anything like that. Yeah. I think this topic's basically run out of steam. Yeah. So, All right. <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. So I it just, I don't know. Sometimes you get, we get a little too political. And again, I'm referring to in Georgia, they just passed a law that you have to be able to speak English in order to get a driver's license. And I don't know, for some reason that just screams to me of, you know, where do you draw lines on what you have to be able to and or not be able to in order to participate in activities in the United States? It's, just odd to me. And again, uh, we're a great country because we're open-minded. And when we lose in our, our open-mindedness, it's when we become a problem. And uh, at times, you know, we ebb and we flow on our open-mindedness. And I don't really like the direction that George is going. Then I'll leave it at that. Let's do some emails. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. <laughs> There's a letter in your mailbox. You are having new mail in your inbox. Mm, you've got mail. You've got mail. Pattern baldness. There is a message for you. Prepare to be astonished. <laughs> Couple quick emails. Brad from Burlingame, or no, he's Brad from the Blackberry. He says, who cares about snazzy apps? Just give me a phone that makes a freaking call without dropping. iPhone quickly becoming the most expensive Frisbee I ever owned. There's, there's some truth to that. There is some truth to that. We've kind of grown accustomed to this digital scenario where, okay, you talk. Okay, what'd you say? I can't get through one mobile phone call without at least a, say that again? And yet we, we've kind of let that become standard. We're talking about the iPhone and the i uh, the BlackBerry. BlackBerry kind of had a, an epic fail in their quarter. And maybe is at the beginning of the end over at the boys at uh, Research Motion BlackBerry because... Apple's gaining traction, and once the Apple's sold in Verizon in the United States, is there any reason to get a BlackBerry? I don't think so. Um, Clausen's in an email. He says, Q, keep mentioning Fidelity or Vanguard for Roth IRAs, IRAs, regular accounts. He says, I've got mutual funds with Franklin Templeton, and they also offer Roth IRAs. Any difference? What should I look out for? What you're looking for is fees. And here's the kicker is 
you can get retirement. I can get to retirement. What you have to try to do is play the game correctly, get into the right asset categories, be properly diversified, and then watch your fees. And for instance, there's some funds out there called the American funds. And I'm not talking about the American funds that are in your 401k because a lot of time the fees are waived. But there's a lot of stockbrokers out there and agents, financial agents, that will gladly put you in the American funds. For instance, when I was 20 years old, a friend of mine worked at Smith Barney. He said, hey, I've got some great mutual funds for you. Look at their performance. And uh, I was like, whoa. I was like, okay, let's do it. So here's $100. Now, he didn't tell me. It was going to cost me $5.75 to buy $100 of stock. So I was only buying $94.25 of stock, not 100 Now, at Fidelity, you can get the same damn thing where it's costing you 25 or $0.50 cents versus 5 bucks and a quarter, 5 bucks and you know three quarters, five seventy-five. That's the max load sales charge in most cases. Now, I don't mind paying sales loads, and I don't mind paying for services. I'm not a cheap tightwad. I'm not. Um, I don't recycle tissues, although I might start a business of recycling tissues. Um, where do I go with this? Yeah, you know, the cost difference. You know, the market only gets you 10% a year, 8 to 10%, and you're you're blowing $5 for every time you're investing, 5%. You're, you're, you're not going to win. So I hate the American funds. I find them vile and detestable. Are they good funds? Hell yeah, they're good funds, but they're expensive good funds. So I'm not a big fan. That's why I tend to push towards Fidelity, Vanguard, and or Schwab. And I should mention Schwab a little bit more often than I do. And finally, Ron sends an email. He says, um, Rob, there is an adult drug world where you can legally do it. It's called Burning Man. I went once. Everyone was wasted all day on LSD for a whole week. And I think he's right about that. I've heard some good stories about Burning Man. I've never gone because how shall I say it's pretentious to go at this point in time. Going to Burning Man in the 90s, kind of cool. Going today, it's kind of a celebrity tag-along thing to do. You're Johnny come lately to a party, um, and I'm not a big fan of it. Why do you want me to get out? Hold on. Heidi's telling me to get out. Come on, Heidi. She's, God, she's so demanding. No, I was just, I was, I'm sorry. I distracted you. I was chiming in on your ear. Burning Man is played out. Oh, played out, played out, played not out. out. Oh yeah, played out. That's all. So, have you been to Burning Man? I've never been because now I think they charge three hundred dollars a ticket, some, something outrageous <laughs> um, per person to go into the middle of the desert where there's nothing except for hotness and dust, right? And other people who are in hotness and dust. And the whole like hippie free love thing is they totally made that into a commodity. I mean, it's just capitalism as it best. Let's take this idea of like trading and no money and charge people for it. It's ridiculous. And you don't have any desire to see your husband making love to another man or another woman in the desert on LSD? Covered Covered in white dust. Heck no, man. Heck no. The only thing is I wouldn't mind seeing that man burn because it just it sounds kind of epic. Like the giant stick man. A lot of times they pre-light it on fire accidentally. So you could maybe you could just. (laughs) Yeah, I think that happened last year, right? I think it happened last couple of years. Quite fact. People get messed up and do that. Would Seth be upset if I said I wouldn't mind watching him make love, sweet love in the desert covered in dust? (laughs) Would he be upset that you said that? Yeah. No. Okay, good. So. I strike that. I strike it off the record. Seven second dump. Hit the dump button. It's gone. No one heard it. Sweet. So thanks for the little Bernie Man commentary there, Heidi. That was very enlightening. Virgin Blue. Speaking of virgins, Seth. 
Um, Virgin Blue. Financial Times is doing a big story today about Australia's second largest airline. And this is a little bit of business news. They've agreed to buy 105 Boeing 737s. Basically, the biggest significant fleet upgrade since a launch a decade ago. Value of the deal is not being disclosed, but the airline said that it was met in full. It would basically, if they did meet it in full, it would be the U.S. aircraft maker's largest order in 18 months. Now, the agreement includes 50 firm orders, 25 options, and future purchase rights for further 30 aircraft. So, not set in stone. And this is through 2011 through 2017. There's some companies like Boeing that do such freaking big business that you're talking about visibility into 2017. But then again, those orders aren't guaranteed, are they? We've seen them canceled. We've seen Boeing have delays in in delivering their product. We've seen companies like Virgin Blue go bankrupt. And not that they're going to go bankrupt, but they could go bankrupt. And if they were to go bankrupt, you would see it as a big problematic um, issue. So, uh, you know, sometimes people go... Boeing got an order for 105 aircraft. I want to buy that stock. But you got to understand, it's pressed out over so much time. There's so many more variables. It's, it's, you just can't get excitable. You just can't. And Boeing's also in the news today because they're tied towards the United States Air Force. For years, the Air Force has been trying to find a suitable replacement for a fleet of tankers. It's a $40 billion contract. And all I'm going to say is boring. It's a story that's a lot of PR out there and a lot of politics, and it's not going to move the stock very much. Delivering on their 787 Dreamliner will move the stock. This is just, you know, business as usual. Boeing's too big. These big defense contractors are huge. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Coming up, I'm going to talk about investing in a third world country that's quickly becoming not a third world country is it china no is it india no gotta stick around to find out who it is 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air Because you want to be able to afford your midlife crisis. It's the Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Call now. 1-800-345-5639. My midlife crisis is just leave me the hell alone for five minutes. Give me some peace and quiet. That's as much drama as I, uh, or as much excitement as I get in my life. Let's go to Steve in San Carlos. Steve, how are you? Hey, um. Yeah, I just heard you talking about the uh, the iPad uh, yeah. this coming out this weekend. Um, I'm actually um, an iPad developer, um, I, you know, iPhone developer. Uh, have a, um, a software company that I set up uh, back in 2004, making various you know uh, games and things for at the time Palm OS and Windows Mobile and things. And so, um, you make any games iPhone, that I, you make any games or you develop any games that I might know, Steve? Um, not sure. We. Um, we develop uh, uh, like you know Sudoku puzzle games, blackjack, some gambling stuff, just, okay. just different applications. Okay. Uh, most most recently, back in uh, November, this last November, we launched a an iPhone game uh, called Dodge Dot, and uh, did did pretty well. It got listed in the What's Hot category, so we were chosen by Apple on a on a committee there to uh, as a you know the second way they showcase applications. And so um, so anyway, so just uh, was it Tuesday night? About 3 a.m., I, I just finished up the iPad uh, version of Dodge Dot and submitted that in. And so it should be in uh, in the store uh, at launch this weekend. I love you, Steve, because so, uh, this is the second time you've called the show to shamelessly promote Dodge Dot. 
Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's funny that you keep doing it, um, which I'm, I'm cool with. It. What's Dodge Dot all about? Um, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, like a puzzle um, strategy kind of game. It's, 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 uh, you, you basically move uh, these colored dots to different goals on the screen. And it's, uh, it's, it's like a real fun, it's, it's for all ages. Uh, we have a social network built into it, um, you know, weekly rounds every week. Um, but, but anyways, I just wanted to, just wanted to mention that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. I mean, the iPad's a big deal for us. Um, I think second generation. I, I think second generation iPads can be the right one. I think first generation is going to be slightly wrong. Sure. Yeah. I, I, actually, yeah, that's what I want to call as well was because um, there's been a an issue with uh, with with developers with you know working with Apple products. They're very you know they're very secretive on everything. Sure. And so we actually had, and everybody else, um, we had to build, test, and essentially right submit this app for sale. Before even running it on a device, so we use a simulator. Right, uh, the simulator they have, and it's just you know it's really difficult to try to market that. And you know they're making they're making tons of cash on on the, on these apps, and it's just they're they're kind of you know friend and foe for developers. Th- then so. again, they're giving you a platform to have an international market while never leaving the home in San Carlos. Right, right. That, so. that is true. That is true. Can you so. develop a Rob Black 2.0 app? <laughs> it has to go like this. It has to go. With that being said. Um, oh, oh, I digress. Um, <laughs> neither here nor there. Yeah, we, we can make a little soundboard for you. A little soundboard. So it's, uh, yeah. I kind of want it to be a big Rob Black head that looks like it's made out of paper mache and it, it rotates. For some sure. reason, the paper mache head, it, it's always stuck in my head. Is like, that's when you know you're big time. Right. And then I can go on vacation, Steve, and people won't even know. Right. <laughs> so it'll say sugar booger. It'll say all the, my little catchphrases. Awkward okay, silence. Cool. Awkward silence. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. So Apple's iPad, um, it's going to get a big launch. It's going to get, you know, Simon & Schuster and News Corp and HarperCollins and books. And this is going to be big. This is going to be big. I, again, I'm knocking Steve a little bit for promoting his own uh, his own swag, his own wares. And I, I think that's cool. Um, but the TV shows, the video, it's again, the first generation, I think, is going to just miss some of the features that... They want it to get it out as soon as possible, and I think it's going to miss some features. Let's go to Alan in Dublin. Alan? How you doing, Steve? Steve? What show did you call? Hello. Alan? Hi, Rob. How are you? Good. Why did you call me Steve? Oh, sorry. I was talking to somebody just walked in my office here. Oh, t- say hi to Steve for me. How you doing? Hey, Steve. Rob says hi. Steve says hi back. That's nice. Uh, so I've got a question for you. Go ahead. Uh, earlier, you were talking about the five and three quarter percent that you pay on the American funds up front. Uh-huh. My understanding, actually, my understanding from my financial planner was that you pay that up front because then they don't charge you anything in the rear later on. Is that generally the case, or is she just blowing smoke? She's just marketing to you, and you're stupid. Um, <laughs> and, and when I say financially stupid, you're just not, you haven't been exposed to it enough. So mm-hmm. the same Fidelity fund which mirrors the same performance of an American fund, has neither the front or the back-end load sales charges. So if I, if I teach you nothing else, Alan, everything that you buy from American funds, you could buy from Fidelity and Vanguard a lot cheaper. And gotcha. may, she might not know, Alan. She might be marketing what her boss told her to market. Like her financial intelligence might be 8th grade. Yours might be 6th grade, whereas mine is 10th grade. Um, she's just not that, I mean, it's such a bad thing. And again, 
go take a look at it. You know, your performance versus the overall market, how much you put in versus what your returns are. The funds are great funds. Now that you have them, Alan, you paid a lot of money for a great fund, but you could yeah. have paid little money for a great fund. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't fire the funds. I wouldn't, you know, pull out of the money. Um, they're good funds once you're in them, but they're so much cheaper at Schwab, at Fidelity, and Vanguard. So would you recommend any more money that I'm going to dump in, obviously, go over to these other funds? Yeah, I'd punch your I'd punch your financial planner and her baby maker and say, you're stealing money from me and my family, and I can't afford that anymore, so I'm going to go invest with Fidelity and Vanguard myself. Sounds good to me. And don't punch any woman and her baby maker. So. Definitely won't do any punching. So how is she as a financial planner? Is she a good-looking woman? What does she market? Does she market intelligence, uh, chemistry, uh, performance? Well, honestly, she was referred by a family member. Yeah. Yeah, um, so that's how she got us in the door. Not not bad looking. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. This is obviously good. not so great with the funds either. Well, I mean, again, and you know, some people are just, you know, their training is doesn't go that far and like if you work for Ameriprise, Alan, watch out for people who work for Ameriprise. Ameriprise will hire anyone. Ameriprise will hire pirates and prostitutes as long as they can market American funds to their family members. Gotcha. Thanks for the call. There's my uh, Ameriprise slam, my American Fund slam. I'll never have them as sponsors. The reason I'll never do a national show is because I'm honest. And I, I'm so sorry that sometimes I will be wrong or I may not have an opinion that, that is, is ideal. But that's that's the problem. So anyway, 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the show. I used to have a national show, but uh, I kind of walked away from it. I just didn't feel the vibe anymore. And I decided I'm going to move to Portland. I'm going to move to San Francisco, or I'm going to move to Seattle. And my national show was in 60-plus markets, and I always got the best calls from San Francisco. Like, there were the smartest people that had come out here, and they were the best-looking people, um, and they were the most diverse people. So I used to live on the East Coast, and I hated it. I hated it. My, my uh, new program director is from New York, and he likes the Yankees. And, you know, the, the East Coast is great. The East Coast has so many Great, colorful things that kind of turn bland the further west you go. Um, the people on the East Coast are fantastic if you can get to know them. Uh, tough exteriors, just incredibly colorful in interiors. Uh, but yeah, I moved to, I think I chose the right one in hindsight. Portland's nice and Seattle's lovely. And the people from Seattle are, you know, all that in a bucket of chicken. So I do appreciate that. Uh, let's see what other big stories we've got out there. How about AIDS, the next big thing? The next big thing, AIDS. Gilead Sciences, they're going to learn this year whether it's drugs for treating HIV could also stop people from catching the virus in the first place. The approach is going to curb the AIDS pandemic in poor countries and bring Gilead $1 billion a year in sales. So says an analyst, most investors aren't alert to the potential benefit um, so they've got 10 trials involving 20,000 people. This could be meaningful for Gilead. You're potentially treating 50 patients to prevent one. Commercially, that's very attractive. I don't hear anyone talking about this, and I think all of us should be aware of it. So says one analyst who covers Gilead. He says, if the strategy works, these pills from the Foster City, California-based Gilead may uh, promise the world a powerful tool for fighting AIDS. Skeptics say the approach called pre-exposure prophylaxis or PrEP, may be too costly, impractical in the sub-Saharan Africa. So Genentech's like developing drugs to fight cancer. So I'm going to start smoking. And Gilead Science is developing drugs to stop you from getting AIDS. So I'm going to start having promiscuous sex with myself. Let's go to phone calls. Let's go to Brian on 101. Brian? Hey, Rob. I'm trying to figure out, uh, what is there a good rule of thumb in the Bay Area, which is obviously a whole lot different from everywhere else in the world, of what to invest in a house? 
Yeah, I would say no more than 31 to 40% of your income because if you lose your job, you're going to lose the house and it's going to financially retard your growth. Um, no more than 40% of your income going to the mortgage cost. Uh, if you do more than that, you're biting off more than you could chew, Brian. So it, the old rule of thumb of two and a half times your salary, you can't pull that off here in the Bay Area. Um, if you want to live somewhere decent, and I would never buy anywhere but decent. I think people who look for cheap you know, places, you know, 30 miles east of uh, the Bay Bridge, they're looking for cheap, but those are awful places to buy because they have awful uh, chances at appreciation. Yeah, I, I, I also posted something on your Facebook looking for a, a financial planner that you'd recommend. Do you have one that you could mention on the air? Or? Yeah, best thing you could do, Brian, is drop me an email and tell me more about you because you may not need a financial planner. Um, tell me your age, your income, your assets, your liabilities, your time frame, your experience, and some of your goals, and I'll, I'll find someone for you. Um, but drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, and we'll, we'll trade a couple emails. It'll take about a week, but I'll, I'll find someone for you. Great. Thanks a lot. Thanks for the call, Brian. Let's Jason in San Fafel. Hey, Rob, Rob, I'm planning my trip to Econoland. Are you going to Econoland? You're going to ride the Dow Jones roller coaster uh, with ups and downs and occasional crashes? What, what else are you going to do at, at uh, I was going to look for the Midway and uh, find the dunk tank for the overpaid executives. Okay. that's You're adding a little bit of color, but not funny, but a little bit of color. I appreciate uh, it. Anyhow, on a more serious note... Um, uh, we've been approached by uh, someone selling a product, I guess I call it a product, uh, an annuity yeah. uh, with built-in, I don't know, long-term health care. And that sounds like a bunch of garbage, and I, I'm probably answering my own question. But, male, or, male or female? Oh, she's a female. Punching her baby maker and turn yeah. away. <laughs> Can you elaborate on that garbage? Yeah, and again, here's the thought, Jason, and thanks for the call. A lot of people want to recoup their money. So it's an easy thing to market to. And annuities are insurance products that have investment features. But they're insurance, so you have to pay for the insurance, which is average insurance. And then you also have to pay for the investments with its average investments. The best thing you could do is get the insurance that you want at the lowest cost that you want and get the investment that you want at the lowest cost you want. Um, The commissions on annuities are huge because it ties up your money for long periods of time. The, The rewards are average at best. I've never found an annuity that's appropriate for most people. An annuity for me, who maxes out my 401k and is wealthy, if I do it through Fidelity or Vanguard only to be part of my low-cost savings that's conservative, it could be appropriate as long as I got my growth money elsewhere. And again, it has to be because you're wealthy and you're running out of options. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.